0: Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Sub-Zero Coffee Podcast. Today, I've got an exciting guest, as always. We've always got exciting guests, but um, this one's not so much related to coffee, but more so the hospitality industry. And I think um, there's there's certainly some things that will relate back to coffee. And, you know, as I've said in previous podcasts, if we just talk about specialty coffee every week, we're going to run out of things to talk about pretty quickly. So today's guest is freelance uh, writer... uh, Photographer and videographer, Kate Shannessy. Welcome, Kate.
1: Thanks for having me. Hello. You know, in that funny break before, and when you said that um you're gonna play music to intro, I couldn't hear it. And so You couldn't hear it. um, For everyone listening at home, it was just Kirk dancing to music I couldn't hear. So that was a great, great intro for me.
0: Oh yeah, because you've got your you've got your camera off. Which, and you know, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a noob to Zoom, so I didn't know that you could see yes. me dancing, but anyway, there's that, a good little, good little show yeah, for I you in the morning. It. Um, and it's pretty hype man music, you know, the idea is like, my gosh, we're speaking to Kate Shannesie, please, everyone hype up, like, hello. Stop. Um, but yeah, how's things Kate? Kate's, in, Kate's based in Melbourne as well, so yeah, how's things with you?
1: Yeah, I'm in Northgate. I I live with three housemates and we're actually, I think we're kind of built for lockdown in a way. Um, So we've got chickens in the backyard. We've got a veggie garden. Uh, It's pretty damn nice. I bake sourdough. I was doing it before. Before it was cool. (laughs) The whole city was. Um, No, when everyone else started baking, it actually made me stop. So, um, uh, yeah, because everyone that I was giving my starter to, were, they were baking far better loaves than me. So I kind of shied away from it from, for a bit. But I'm back, um, enjoying lockdown as much as, as you can be.
0: Yeah, exactly. And what, what kind of chooks do you have? Do you know the breed?
1: <laughs> well, they're from a place in Dramana called Talking Hens, which I think is just a brilliant name for a chicken breeder place, mm-hmm. hen place. And I don't know. They're like your classic chickens that you would find in like a children's book I don't know it's a weird reference but
0: (laughs) funny funny story for you Kay when I um I used to live on a farm with my dad just outside of Melbourne in Ballarat and um (laughs) and we had some chooks but we we had this breed called Barred Plymouth Rocks and so like a a exceptionally large chicken if you like and they're um they're like navy blue with this gray stripes and kind of if you stare into them deeply you kind of you kind of it's kind of like an acid trip or an epileptic fit in a way, and then. You
1: um, those. What's that? that? One's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they produce excellent eggs. Anyway, the biggest chicken that I had, the rooster, we I I'd just been watching this um, gorilla documentary, and the head pack of these gorillas—I don't know what you call a, a you know a, multi, a a group of gorillas—but the head the head one was named Titus, and so I thought, oh, geez, that's a good name for my chicken. So I called my chicken Titus. <laughs>
1: Well, as it called Isabella and Minnie. I actually have a fun chicken fact, if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, no, please. It. Um, but it takes a chicken about 24 hours to lay an egg. So as soon as they lay an egg, they've got about half an hour break and then they're laying the next one or they're forming the next one. I don't know.
0: So they're just cooking up eggs constantly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was also intrigued whether they lay with the egg with a hard shell or if it's soft and then as soon as it's like exposed to oxygen, does it harden? I don't know. I have actually never looked that up and I'm sure it would take me two seconds, but it's, these it's, are the things you think about in lockdown.
0: It's probably the beyond the scope of a coffee podcast for me to sort of investigate that and verify <laughs> it and all that sort of stuff, but I'll take your word for it. And, you know, for anyone listening, you know, have a look, see for yourself, let me know, um, send us a DM on Instagram. If you know the, everything we were just talking about with chicken eggs, but over to you now, Kate, what are your interests outside of freelance writing, photographing, and videographing?
1: Uh, I'm one of those annoying people that actually really likes their job and so my job is my interest. But I can actually answer it better than that. Um, so baking, as I mentioned before, love baking sourdough. I have a bread page called Come to Bread With Me. So mm. it's quite cheeky. Puns and buns is a great interest of mine. And uh, actually a strange, another strange interest that I've taken up in iso is uh, restoring furniture hard rubbish that i've collected over the many years i've lived in this house and i've just kind of kept it on the front porch and so now i'm sanding it and i'm varnishing it and bringing it inside the house and i'm pretty happy with it it's pretty good
0: that is so good because i've taken this sort of hobby up of um so i just moved about three weeks before the stage three lockdown was reintroduced so um Mm -hmm. you know be you know having started a new business and not necessarily rolling cash, I just pick furniture up off the street, clean it and use it. (laughs) And then it's mine. I I don't restore it, but I use it. You don't have
1: to be in need to do stuff like that. I think I'll be picking up hard rubbish for, I don't know, I could be the richest person in the world and I'd still pick it up. It's all good.
0: Yeah, no, it's good stuff. All right. Well, that's, there's some good hobbies. And did you, in your illustrious career and education life, Kate, did you go to university?
1: I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied two degrees that kind of aren't really relevant to what I'm doing now. I started doing a Bachelor of Environments at Melbourne Uni. I mm-hmm. actually finished that Bachelor. Nice. Uh, and <laughs> thanks. I think I would have been an urban planner had I had continued that route. Um, then I did a Master's in Creative Media at RMIT. And I really loved RMIT. I think that is so geared up for my kind of people and my way of learning. And um, it was actually an assignment. Uh, at uni that started my freelancing career I would say it was kind of an assignment to be a freelancer and so it would kind of guide you through making a website and um cold calling people and yeah by the end of the subject I kind of had started without even realizing it just kind of
0: funny, and I'd sort of consider you a journalist now, like a, a a hospitality journalist. I mean, I don't know if you classify yourself as that, but you know, your your job in or some of your freelance work involves going around to different food establishments and and writing about it, exposing it, and asking questions. As I've seen you do, um, cool. would you consider that sort of your job?
1: Uh, that's a part of the job. I'm lucky that I've kind of I've got a diverse. Um, area that i work in because i've worked with broadsheet for so long broadsheet being a major melbourne
0: publication by the way for anyone listening overseas and we do get a few listeners overseas kate shannon so you're gonna be so so famous after this (laughs)
1: um uh yeah so broadsheet has i've done wonders for me really because they're just so good at connecting you with people that and like the head people as well the boss the big boss of um plus in our industry. And so connecting with them and then working with them separately has been pretty cool over the years. But um, yeah, so broadly covered fashion and design and food. So I'm kind of um, happy to float along with whatever's happening, which is lucky because when there's a pandemic and industries, like complete industries halt, like tourism or education or hospitality dining in, um, they just kind of dissolve for a little bit or halt for a little bit. So I've got to pick up somewhere else. So... Um, yeah I've got a studio at home so I can shoot in there but I kind of just make it up I think I'm actually lucky in a way that I haven't been trained as a photographer um, or as a journalist writer so I can make up my own rules to a degree but are you, are you
0: one of those people <laughs> that hates the excessive use of words during this pandemic the one of them being pivoting oh have you pivoted
1: oh unprecedented has got to be the number one um, it is um, no, I don't mind. I just, as long as people are, are kind of not over, no, I look, I don't, I don't really mind. I think I'm probably guilty of overusing some words too. So I'm pretty, it I'm, is, I'm it is
0: it, they are the most appropriate words for, you know, the circumstances <laughs> in which they're really being used, but you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, I think everyone's kind of, actually someone that I work with said this, um, said that, Uh, people that say that we're all in the same boat is quite is actually not quite correct as as saying that we're all in the same ocean but in different boats and I find that really that's quite visual for me to understand what's going on right now is that yeah there's one pandemic but it's affecting everyone so so differently so
0: yeah and I did a a podcast I did a podcast with a former colleague Dan Dick last week and he had sort of gone through
1: oh I know Dan Dick from St Ali
0: well he was saying, Ali, He opened up his own um he opened up his own oh, Yeah, he opened up his own venue Nigel and um in in the podcast he actually and, you know this this is this is going uh, a bit deep here, Kate Shannessy, but he he um him and his wife unfortunately lost their two twin boys who want, they were delivered stillborn. So and he was kind enough to come and share that on the on the podcast and it just goes to show that, you know, hospitality operators are on one hand, they're you know they're battling the the pandemic like you said we're all in the same ocean but different boat and then you know in in his personal life he's battling that and which is obviously a shocking thing to happen let alone this year
1: absolutely oh he's such a beautiful person I actually have quite a history with Dan Dick we did dancing class together when we were both at high school and so I've kind of worked with him at St Ali and then I covered his um cafe Nigel with broadsheet and, and photographed it too and yeah when I heard that news I was just devastated for him he's just too good and happy and yeah he's too good a person but um yeah as if people in hospitality need to prove more resilience <laughs> yeah like that,
0: that's that's what I think just, like he's yeah. he's just the ultimate guy but um I want to talk about how you and I actually met Kate and it was quite it was quite an interesting <laughs> circumstance in which we did because
1: okay
0: I, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the story if you have anything to yeah. add we'll we'll, get, we'll go there but um or subtract or subtract <laughs> or subtract but uh so my version of events was that to- my friend Todd and I well, my business partner, t- partner Todd and I were excited to go to the launch of the new uh owner coffee store in Melbourne so uh, owner coffee being quite a popular uh brand of coffee w- w- right around the world really they're very well recognized for what they do and I don't know how much you knew about them before you sort of went there that day but you know they make pretty good coffee and um so Todd and I, we walk up. We were, you know, hoping to go and sit inside the cafe and sit at the bar, and you know, thought, oh, this will be this, is a re- this will be a pretty red hot experience. So we r- wrote down our, not- our our names in the waiting list, or someone wrote it down for us. And um, little Kate Shanasi comes along and says, "Oh, hi guys, how are you going? G- you, <laughs> you, you're well. You look well. Um, now, I just need some. I just need some brilliant hand models." Side note. I had been watching the George Costanza hand model video uh, episode of Seinfeld a few, you know, a few <laughs> nights before, so I was like, it was particularly pertinent at the time. I was like, oh yeah, here we go. This is just like keeping the joke rolling. Anyway, so we go and sit on the table outside. Beautiful sunny day in a Melbourne winter, um, and all this food gets brought out to us, and the the waiter of the day was actually the World Brewster Champion. Who owns Owner Coffee, Sasha Sestic. And so, you know, not only are Todd and I just getting the food experience, you know, it's getting delivered to sort it's getting delivered by Sasha Sestick, and he himself made all of the coffee. And like to baristas like us, Kate, that's kind of a big deal. And we were just like, oh, shit, yeah. And um <laughs> and then we got all of that food and all of that coffee we made for free because it was used for, you know, work purposes, of course. Um, and it was delicious. And then yeah, that was that was that was how we met.
1: Well, I'm glad you were there because I could not have had the discussions with Sasha about coffee that you and Todd were having. So I felt like I kind of could just sit back, listen, take it all in. I thought it was great. Well
0: was it was kind of being there. Yeah, well it's kind of clash of um, you know uh, two 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 of the same sort of concepts really, because they, they like us, freeze a lot of coffee and so they're, they're sort of creating these um, exceptional and extensive menus and really sort of paved the way for us to do what we do. Um, and, you know, for us to just sit there and cop all of that food and beautifully made <laughs> coffee that morning, I might add as well. Remember that filter Absolutely. coffee you made? Yeah, it
1: was beautiful. And it was like red. I noticed, I think because the sun was out especially, but it was like a really dark, red color as well was one of the coffees that came out it was beautiful you kind of made my head
0: explode it was just that that flavor I actually
1: didn't realize I thought you knew I thought you knew everybody that's so funny I think you kind of took it all in your stride very well it was very comfortable for you I'm that's a surprise to me that you didn't know everybody
0: (laughs) yeah well um you know yeah you you can't know everyone can you Kate (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was funny, and to add on to this story, uh, towards the end, you had parked your car in a, let's just call restricted area, and someone, someone had blocked you off, and it was about a 10-minute operation to help you reverse your car out because this, uh, let's just say, belligerent woman would not move her car.
1: <laughs>
0: I, think her was, I think her name was Karen. I'm, I, I can't quite confirm, though. Um, and, but eventually we got your car out.
1: Yeah, I think it was only like a thirteen point turn in the end, which is a record for me.
0: <laughs> but anyway, we got that story out of the way and you know, that was a that was you know, that was a very that was a very good morning for Todd and I to rock up there. But obviously you cover a lot you do a lot of work in the hospitality industry. What is it that you like about the hospitality industry?
1: um definitely uh, the people I would say absolutely I find and even how you brought up um Dan Dick before is just a perfect example of people and the sacrifice and how much hard work goes into it I find being around those um, kinds of people is truly it gives me energy it's truly inspiring and if I'm constantly interviewing people of that kind of caliber then then it means that I can kind of Mimic it somewhat in the work that I do, or find energy to kind of get up and work on the projects that I have. So, um, and it's just so interesting. Everyone has something new to offer, or the innovation is really is really cool. So, that's what I particularly like. Definitely the people.
0: Yeah, it's it's good you mentioned innovation there because I think a lot of people are um, sort of applying science to food and beverages so to speak i know a lot of bartenders do it mixologists like their their work is mm. exceptional um and yeah. with food you think of people like heston blumenthal and sean quaid who are both exceptional chefs and uh, i mean the, i'm sure there's plenty more that i haven't mentioned but um what are some of the I, I'm, I'm interested to know kate kate Shanassy, or is it, can i say kate Shanassy, or is it kate shanassi how do i say it
1: I actually really liked how you said Shanassy at the start. That's not exactly how I say it, but I think it's like snazzy. So well, I, was I'm just, happy
0: with it. I was just happy to put a bit of spin for it. Like,
1: yeah, I like it, but it's actually just Kate Shanassy. It's like a butchered Irish um, last name. So I'm the only one that has it, and it made my website very cheap and easy to get.
0: So good. Well, I'm just going to roll ahead with Shanassi then. All right, Kate Shanassi, what are some of the, what are some of the, hit us with some of the best, oh, not better. What are some of the most exciting, big, memorable stories that you've done through your work as a freelancer?
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I, I actually used to work, and this is not hospitality related at all, but I used to work for Mushroom Group, which is, they're like an, national music touring and publishing they're like the the monster of music Mm -hmm. booking and a big agency in australia and so i was doing their social media video content for about a year and a half and each week um the social media coordinator at mushroom records and myself would get sent somewhere to go and interview a band or go and do um a weird activity and interview a singer or something. And so the places that we ended up with that were just insane. Like um, we got sent up to Sydney to go and make pasta with Alt-J, which was absolutely hilarious. And there was so much in that interview that we couldn't actually use because they are just so wacky with their ideas and where they get their inspiration from with their music. Um, And then another one was, um, oh my gosh, how did I not mention this one? On a Tuesday night, I was getting ready to go and play basketball my school friends and I get a phone call from work to say hey we need you at um, this barbecue because Khalees is cooking um yeah a barbecue and we need someone to go and make a video for her catering company (laughs) and she was cooking for like um Fat Man Scoop and Kelly Rowland and Mario and Sean Paul and all of these people (laughs) and I just walk in and I and yeah there weren't very many people there and it was just this house and an airbnb in in camberwell like around the corner from where i went to school so that was that was absurd really um but i feel like i've i kind of regularly end up in weird places because when you're a freelancer and um working in different industries you just don't know i love checking my emails because hopefully i'll get sent somewhere
0: Yes, yeah, okay. see, so, so these are all very exciting stories, and you, it, it it takes me back to my days at St. Ali because I don't know if I've mentioned to you, but I used to work there, and um, you, you get some pretty interesting people roll through there as well. In in because of course,
1: yeah, like
0: Where, who have you? Uh oh, Nick Kyrgios loves it. Uh, so a prominent Australian tennis <laughs> player. We've had some more tennis players <laughs> through there. A lot of the AFL players love it. It's Eddie Maguire's <laughs> yeah. Eddie Maguire's sort of watering hole. So he's there sort of every day when it's you know when there's not a pandemic. Um, oh, who else have we seen there? Quentin Tarantino's been there. Uh, Paddy Mills, Ooh. Australian basketball, Andrew Bogut. Um, oh, the list goes on and on. But I think they, they I don't know how they, and, you know, to, to Santa Lee's credit, they sort of established themselves as that go-to place in uh, when you're in Melbourne for coffee and uh mm. Even no, it- I would got
1: to say I feel like they established a brand as well before a lot of coffee places, like merch and kind of like a badass, um, ahead of the game kind of steeze. So I feel like, yeah, Saint Ali, I've always felt quite cool. Well,
0: the, um, well the, uh, and that's very much to the credit of Salvatore Melo, the owner there, and he's um, he's a wacky guy. Uh, if you ever meet him, you, <laughs> you you can't really unmeet him. He um, that yeah. is true. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, but yeah, you're right.
1: I can him; that is hilarious.
0: But he's he's always very much focused on on just as much on coffee and food as he is on sort of the digital sphere and you know forward thinking in that regard. And um, you know, they when the pandemic started, they saved like 80 jobs. The second podcast I ever did was with Sal about this very matter. So he was packing hand sanitizer for Wuhan before coronavirus had come to Australia. So he had just you know, had this arrangement to pack sanitizer because one of his friends needed some stuff back and he was like, yeah, I can do it. And then by the time the pandemic hit here, it was like, Jesus, oh, yeah. these, these are in hot demand. And now he's doing, they're doing the same with masks. So they've got these really, really awesome, you know, masks made from hemp and other sustainable materials that they're selling and which is obviously in a lot of need right now. And they're saving a lot of jobs.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I noticed that they, let's bring up that word pivot. Pivoted very very quickly. I actually made an order, and I think they were so they were so running, they were running off their feet so much that it just I think it sold out or something. I just never arrived, and I got reimbursed sadly. But I really wanted to support them. I thought that was insane. So quick off the bat.
0: Is this so, for the masks?
1: uh No, this was like the first lockdown where they had um, like a goon sack of coffee. <laughs> <A goon> and- <laughs> I'm, yeah, shamefully, that was what I was very excited about. It was like a five-litre um, cold drip coffee or espresso or something like that. The cold brew remember. concentrate? Cold brew, um, yeah, five-litre green sack. And it's like, oh, that is amazing. I was down on lockdown down the beach with um, a lot of people that, or a big family at that point. And so um, that would have just been perfect. But, you know, that's fine. It's all good. I'll order it again.
0: Yeah, well, in summertime they barely can keep up with capacity. I, I know because I used to run the joint, uh, the the bar there, and you know sometimes mm. you just spend the whole day making cold brew and iced lattes. Like, that's literally literally your job, and you know the the it it doesn't shut any day of the year. That's you know, <laughs> you know your mum's birthday, Christmas day, Queen's birthday, like nothing. It it's always open. So, yeah, kudos wow. to them. I
1: wonder, if, I wonder if the coffee intake has actually gone up or down. Quite a bit. I was actually thinking about that the other day because. People still need coffee, but are they? I don't know. It's for some people, it might not be as habitual because they're not close to their cafe. I don't know. I would. Or do you think it would just stay the same? And that's a really Well,
0: I can answer that pretty definitively. Coffee consumption has remained the exact same throughout Australia. If anything, it might have even increased. It's just the um, the the way in which it's being consumed is different, and there's. Um, you know obviously a lot of resources being diverted to sort of supermarkets so people can go buy a coffee from the supermarket or um online i know some very i won't name anyone but i know some very prominent um australian roasteries that their online sales have just doubled obviously you know the retail stores aren't doing too well which is a problem but you know the yeah. the, the coffee sales uh you know they're increasing through the roof but um then you know on the on the other side of that you think of somewhere like the city right now where virtually you know 90 to 95 percent of people who would usually be frequenting the city aren't at the moment and so obviously there'd be a substantial amount of cafes that aren't doing too well to i guess
1: do you think actually the more people would have bought um i guess like an aeropress or the coffee facilities to make it at home that when we do get the green light and can go back out to cafes do you think that people will be like oh i can make it myself now i don't really need to go out or do you think the opposite that we'll be like we can leave we can get out to a cafe or again do you think that will just kind of it'll just be the same um my this
0: is just my opinion but i suspect that venues in the city will a lot of them will inevitably fold or be forced to close and um because I think the nature of work in general, and that's not just speaking in co- uh, about coffee, but the nature of work in general across cities in Australia and perhaps even the world will change. So it might not be as heavily centralised and far more people will be working from home. That being said, there's a lot of cafes in the suburbs of Melbourne that are doing you know, quite well. They're still main, uh, managing to keep on their staff that because they have to operate through a takeaway. But people in... Mel- Melbournians cannot live without coffee. It's part of our DNA and so um you know there's there's still if even in stage four i went i live in queue and i walked past uh, the local cafe near my house and there must have been 20 people waiting outside all social distancing of course but um mm-hmm. you know people uh, i think there would have been pandemonium you do you remember when um the 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 nation's biggest brewers said if they shut us down there won't be enough alcohol and everyone went and panic bought all the alcohol
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: well th- can you imagine what that what the Can you imagine the coffee version of that?
1: No. <laughs> it would have
0: been pandemonium.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, but obviously, Kate, being a freelancer, you have you work for client. Uh, you you are hired to do certain uh, certain work or commissioned, whatever the word would be. Have you noticed mm-hmm. any Have you noticed any substantial differences, sort of, before COVID and during COVID, and obviously having to work with through through restrictions and all that sort of thing. Has the nature of your work changed much? Because I think this is because digital media is is obviously a prominent thing. You look at your Instagram; there's countless sponsored posts, and a lot of people are trying to get exposure. The only really way they can, because people aren't driving as much as they were or walking as much as they were, they're they're surfing the internet. Um, and which which would I, w- I would have thought have sort of particular importance for someone in your field. Is that has the nature of in, has the nature of your work changed at all?
1: Uh, definitely I think a lot of people still need to or now more than ever they need to have an online presence and so photography and videography is super important the only the other thing that's changed alongside that though is that there's a real shift in kind of a back backyard or like a home kind of lo-fi look aesthetic so um, I wouldn't say that everyone particularly needs a professional to do that kind of work Uh, but for the people that do i mean for the high-end clients or the premium clients then yeah they certainly need photography but the same amount that they probably that they needed before i think it's just that the work that i'm doing is different so where i can't go and shoot a wedding or go and shoot an event or a new restaurant opening i'm at home um people are sending product it's actually incredible um a, cl- a new client called Barista Supplies, who you may know, have sent me this product products to shoot in my studio and I've got wine here as well and what else? I think delivery food is coming, sake maybe. So it's bizarre. I can just sit here and have things sent and have a play in the studio. So it's, it's kind of a different area. I actually hadn't really done much studio photography before. So I'm open with my clients and I'm letting them know I'm just kind of freeballing it a bit and they, they love that. So um yeah, I mean that's that's me specifically is what how it's changed for me. But um yeah.
0: Well you are the Kate Shanassy, so I'm I'm Kate Shanassy, I should say. And so you can yeah. adapt quite do you get to keep all of these products that you get sent in the food? Do you get to eat it all in the wine?
1: Um, most of the time, yeah. I actually do, which is yeah, my housemates um, get a good Good sample of some good a good range of products because of that. But uh, no, my clients are legends. I really I think that's the best thing about freelancing is that you actually well to a degree you get to choose. I, obviously not at the start when you're starting out you take all the work you can get in a way. But um, now I can sit back and I can work with um, really going back to people really good people, and then the product or that's actually quite that's secondary. If they're good people, then I will i'll figure out how to work with them or what i can do um that will help them so um yep
0: <laughs> yeah well I, I suppose you know given what we've just explained th- these sorts of things are probably for for the businesses that are trying to sort of survive and grow through these times you know digital media and and all those sorts of things are of particular importance um so in a way you, you may be in more demand than ever i don't know can can you say anything about that
1: um yeah yeah i'm definitely I, I actually panicked for this next lockdown because so much of my work is on site or that i think that's my favorite part of my job is being sent you know um like a couple of weeks ago i got sent to kyneton to go and film and take photos of a woman called tansy good who's a huge legend in the hospitality industry for starting um restaurants in the 80s and 90s or starting a restaurant and then mentoring people like the mcconnell andrew mcconnell um,
0: i know of cumulus and, and uh supernormal and some very prominent yeah values.
1: yeah she's mentored really great people and so that they're the jobs that i especially love to kind of leave my home and go on an adventure or go to a farm or go and see the back end productions of something and and uh, and that was from melbourne food and wine and so there were lots of people to interview for for that project and I loved that, absolutely. If I could just do that, then that would be so good. But now I can't even go and be one-on-one with anyone. I can't do a shoot off side of my house for any reason. So, um, yeah, I thought I would struggle with that, but it's just amazing how when, you know, cliche, but when one door closes, it's more open. And so, yeah, I've got new clients in so many other areas now and doing different work. And that's still so exciting, I guess yeah, you just you really do I'm lucky that I enjoy different work coming in if I had to do the same work or be limited to one industry, I don't think I would be able to i just don't think I could actually do that. it's not in my nature at all so i I wouldn't say that I'm like thriving i don't um i'm the I was working at such a crazy um such a crazy capacity before covid like i I didn't really stop. So now I think, um, it's a lot more steady. So, but that's a good thing. That's, I don't think it's, I don't think anyone should be bragging about being busy. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. You don't want to be busy just, you know, enough.
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, especially, you know, while so so many people are suffering, you know, um, I'm sure that's probably not what, what everyone would want to hear at this time, but, um, you know, it's interesting what you were saying there that before COVID, you were sort of operating at sort of max capacity, and that I take that to mean you're probably working more than, you know, the nine to five hours. Um, but do you think there's people in your position, and obviously you're a freelancer, so um, you may not find yourself in a position where you're working for a, a specific company, you know, five days a week, but are people in sort of digital marketing roles? Are they expected to do a little bit too much these days? Like, you know, for example, someone hired to do social media for a food and beverage company or, um, you know, a a coffee company or whatever. Um, You know, they're expected to be not only a social media manager, but a graphic designer, a videographer, a photographer, able to build websites. (laughs) Is that all too much for one role?
1: Totally. Completely. Yes, it is. And I think if anyone can actually take that role and they have all of those skills, work for yourself, because that's, that's insane. But that actually, I I think that's, that was happening about six years ago when I was trying to get a full-time job and they were the skills that people wanted and I didn't have those skills yet. And so no one really would hire me. So I had to work for myself and I feel, I'm so thankful that that's what's happened. I mean, I don't know where else I could have gone or if someone had hired me, but I'm, I definitely, absolutely love my job and love what I can do. So, I'm I'm happy that no one would hire me, and I had to hire myself in a way. So, yeah, if anyone's listening and you have all those skills, hire yourself, work for yourself, and see where it goes.
0: Yeah, because like I've spoken to people that are in that position, they're sort of they're sort of stuck in the position where they're working for a company, and um, you know they just feel like oh, the I don't think my employer really understands the amount of time that needs to go into all of these to effectively effectively produce the content that they want especially if the standard's really high and um you know if you've got one person to manage all those things like for example i just started my business and i'm finding myself doing all those sorts of things i'm no good at it but you know you you chuck in building building a website which you know i'm still really really learning how to how to do trying to shoot videos i suck at taking photos cannot graphic design do graphic design for my life but um you know I don't know how someone does it because you know you sit at your computer screen for so long and and only so many YouTube videos can can sort of help
1: I think you have have to be a bit mad or it's just such a slow burn I mean even with the because I write I do photography and video so offering three different services it was a slow burn I really wasn't I I couldn't excel at the speed of, of somebody else that just specialized in photography or just video. So um, it's just such a slow burn. And I, I still say that I don't think that I um, are a complete or an expert in any three category, but at least I can do them all. And so, um, and it's, about working with people. I think that's probably my biggest strength is people like working with me. So I don't really necessarily have to be the absolute best videographer or photographer or writer. But um, yeah, I think for people in that situation that feel like they have got to be talented at everything, just be a good person. People have patience. Um, if you're a good person and you just share your struggles, um, obviously not sharing your struggles in a way that brings them down, but just say-
0: You wouldn't just- wanna sound negative or anything now, Kate
1: yeah yeah Mm. definitely keep everything positive but just you know be open about what you're doing and how much it it means to you and i think people will have patience and if they don't then find find people to work with that do
0: what are your what what are some hot what i mean while i've got you this this isn't really um you know conducive to what i'm trying to bring about in the podcast but how do you take the best photo i'm i'm kirk pearson i'm trying to trying to take some good photos of my coffee bags to put online what 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 are kate Kate shanassi's top tips
1: uh, and that's the funny thing with photography is that like, there's never a right or wrong way and it's so you, it depends what you're shooting and it depends what the light's doing, it depends what kind of look you want and that's the best part about it is that it's, you can really play around with it and there's no right or wrong but um, it's, it's hard to kind of say general stuff but just, I don't know, just back yourself, be a bit creative with it if you think it looks good it's likely someone else might. I just take photos for yourself though. What I actually find quite frustrating is people that just keep pushing out um, photos that other people are doing. Like sometimes I've worked with clients and they'll show me um, like a mood board, but they want to just copy all of the photos that another company is doing. And I just find that a bit um, limiting. You know, I think... think- Lux do creativity. I love the creativity. I love the innovation. I love... I I love the honesty of that and um, yeah they're the clients that I that I work with mostly that um that are thinking a bit outside the box although that are doing it in their own way and they're not really completely they're not too phased about what else is happening and I get really excited about that
0: well Kate Shinassi um next question is looking forward to the future and I want your answer both as Kate Shinassi the um digital media extraordinaire and cage nasty the hospitality enthusiast um what do you think the future of the hospitality industry looks like post-covid so um to give you a you know say for example we get a vaccine one day will it ever be the same like you know will there be hand sanitizer at every every um you know restaurant we go to what does it look like
1: um, I think people will definitely appreciate it a lot more. I, I'm going to be positive about this because mm. I um, I am an optimist and so I'm just going to focus on the positive for this answer. But I think what we've learned as a whole is how important it is to be local. I think that is the key word. Local is supporting your local cafe, sourcing locally or like having, you know, having a self sufficient not self-sufficient that's a bit ridiculous but having your own veggie garden and your own chooks and baking your own bread kind of um yeah being a bit more of a community about it sharing with your neighbors that kind of idea and Mm. I and I hope that um yeah I hope that it'll just be appreciated more that people will spend happy to go to the local butcher or um or fruit and veg shop and spend a bit more and eat less i mean that would be fantastic i don't i don't like to support the big the big big guys during this pandemic and and even before if i if i can help it i'd much prefer to go and know the people that i'm buying my groceries off i find hopefully more people understand or are opened up to that idea and and stick with it but well um, i yeah, think
0: i think there's some par- <laughs> i think there's some parallels that can be drawn here because obviously um you look at uh, a market like milk, for example, and, and um, dairy farmers in Australia are, you know there's a lot of them, so the supply is really high, but the demand isn't as high anymore, and so you know supermarkets effectively dictate the price in which they pay farmers, which obviously isn't good for the farmer. But if you go to an organic store or um, another store and buy a sort of a higher quality milk, it obviously costs substantially more, substantially more, and but you're supporting know, farmers and good practice and, and some of these farmers in in dairy are doing things that are conducive to a sort of better environment. And I think that a similar link can be drawn to coffee because if you're paying for if you're not going to seven eleven and buying commodity grade coffee that's, you know, scooped up off the ground in Vietnam off with some great big machine, um, and you're going to, I don't know, your local cafe and you're buying a blend of that composes of some Brazilian and Colombian coffee and it's purchased in a in a fair way. Um you know, more people along the supply chain win. Um, obviously, people need to be prudent with their budgets, and maybe a, a, you know, you you've got to sort of, um, you know, buy things that are within your means. And uh, but you know, where where possible, yeah, I I would agree, Kate. I think people should absolutely encourage uh, support, sort of smaller businesses that sort of promote better, you know, bigger things beyond the product that they're sort of drinking. If that makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, and even just the last few cafes that i have roof. Referred- not reviewed, but that I've covered news articles for, they have brought a fridge into their cafe and they've got like a milk and and essential supplies section and where they have, you know, they sell bread and and eggs. And I'm noticing that with cafes, that they're kind of becoming like a general store as well. I I think that might stay to a degree where they're kind of that reliable corner store for the local community as well as dining in.
0: I think in, in my
1: in Northcote that was kind of already happening. A lot of the, um, a lot of the cafes are like pantries, but maybe that will happen more and more. I hope. Well, I think- and also actually, I have this radical idea with meat because um, we all know that meat, um, the abattoirs are kind of they're struggling at the moment, and um, I think meat consumption or has or supply has has been reduced by a third. Mm. So I have like radical idea that meat will be like this. Luxury product that um, butchers are in control of, or restaurants, hospitality, but you can't um, access it at at home and and the supermarket. I just think that would be such a great environmental win and ethical win if it was controlled like that. But you know that that I can see so many people disagreeing with that. There's a very controversial topic. But me personally, I don't eat that much meat, and I just think it would be how amazing if it was just this special occasion food that was really valued and appreciated. Yeah. So. And
0: and to it's very interesting that you bring that up because in Victoria, for context, anyone that's listening outside of Victoria and isn't already aware, um, there's been large uh, outbreaks of COVID-19 at uh, Victoria's largest abattoirs. So there's the supplies of meat to the major supermarkets and all these sorts of things. They were forced. They were forced to reduce their production by a third by the government and have some very stringent measures in place to protect their workers from COVID nineteen, and um, the effect of which is obviously that the supply of meat to Victorian supermarkets is greatly reduced. And it's it, and it's interesting, Kate, because you know you. I'm I'm not vegan by any means. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a carnivore either. But I went to get some. Um, I went to get some. Um, lamb shanks the other day from the supermarkets i thought you know it's very cold i'll I'll, um i'll make some lamb shanks but the meat was all sold out and so i've been eating vegan for what 10 days now and yeah i kind of don't mind it and it's 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 kind of it's becoming a habit of mine that um i'm not going to i don't think i'll ever go back to eating meat the way I did before, and mind you, I'm dating a vegan now, and so that sort of um, influenced my eating habits as well. Have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? Yes. Remember, it was like, my wife's a vegetarian, which kind of makes me a vegetarian. I'm kind of mm-hmm. I'm kind of like the vegan version of that, but Australian <laughs> right now. I
1: know. You've even just missed – you've skipped the middle part of being vegetarian. You've gone straight to vegan, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Maybe I'm a bit of a liar because I still have, you know, the odd cappuccino, so <laughs> – I'm a flexi vegan. Can I be that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. It certainly doesn't need to be names on it. But, um, yeah, I I definitely, uh, meat is a special, meat is like, um, yeah, it's, it's someone's birthday or it's a special dining experience when going out or I've taken photos of it and I get to share it with the staff that are working with me at the time of the shoot. Um, that's, yeah, I think. But I maybe, you know, I I'm I'm aware that everyone's body needs different things, so that's just what. That's how my body.
0: Okay. Guess works what? And, yeah. It's
1: what?
0: my, it's my birthday today. What? It's my birthday today. I,
1: really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's my,
1: well, you should eat some meat.
0: <laughs> well, I was just like where I was going to go with this is that to, like my favorite food is Indian food.
1: Like oh, nice. if I was going to mm-hmm. get
0: shot in the head and I got one last meal, like I'm, I'm ordering chicken korma, butter chicken, um,
1: the hot stuff as well. Or beef no? vindaloo.
0: Yep. You sign me up. Um, Three or four. Do you cheap. have
1: like a towel around your neck, and do you like to sweat with it, or not? They're not that far.
0: Oh, it's it's eaten too quick for that to even happen. Like, okay,
1: I, that's like a secret dream of mine to eat food that's so spicy that I just break out in a big sweat. But yeah, equally, I don't, I don't know why I haven't done that. It's a pretty easy dream to fulfill. I must, I must be a coward.
0: Well, if you're growing chilies in your backyard, then I'm sure you could arrange it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I should. I'll I'll get onto it.
0: But anyway, um, yeah. So a special yes, occasion sorry. tonight. I said to my girlfriend, "Oh well, yes. um, yeah, I'm going to order some Indian tonight. <laughs> you
1: know, it, yep.
0: a couple of Indian, a couple of beers. Won't do me wrong."
1: No, happy birthday! Oh, thank I, I you. I Can't believe you just tell me that now. We should have just made the topic your birthday this whole time.
0: Oh, well, this is this is a podcast <laughs> about you, Kate Shanasi. Like, you know, it's, it'd be a bit interesting. It wouldn't be wouldn't be that interesting if we um if we spoke about my birthday, but it was funny. I, yes. I, I, I've actually squeezed two podcasts in one day here. Like, you know, so I like to have a surplus of podcasts so that, you know, I don't get stuck, you know, some, sometimes it's harder to get people on, you know, and, you know, for logistical purposes, I just sort of keep three or four in the bank at all times. But I interviewed someone else from Canada this morning and I got up at 3am to do it. So I've been, I've been awake for a fair while.
1: You're wide. How many coffees in are you? Oh uh, four. Four.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah which is yeah pretty pretty subtle for me to be honest but um
1: Really how many do you have a day
0: Oh well yeah you know you know I work with frozen coffee so and our menu is up to 50 coffees long uh 50 coffees yeah long or mm-hmm. wide and um so I you know part of my job is to taste all of that so you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'll have 10 sometimes I'll have 15 you know um mm-hmm. not not the whole like I'll be sharing a lot of it but and some of it i have to spit out but drinking coffee all day really i i, I lose count a lot of the time yep so
1: yeah, made a coffee
0: you, are you drinking coffee right now um
1: no i was but i i kind of sculled it because i didn't want to be gulping throughout the podcast so yeah i i just imagined that i would be able to drink it at the same time but then i didn't oh you could
0: have I would, no I wouldn't mind. short answer no well um Kate, we're we're nearing the end of the the podcast here one one question I do try and ask most listeners some weeks I forget so um that that's just how it is but what's what are some of the best coffees you've ever had you know if, if, if we can if you can take me to a particular moment it's it's obviously we, this is a coffee podcast um so what are some of the best coffees you've ever had
1: um oh I can't oh, I do you know what I really love this Um, beautiful cafe in Melbourne and it used to be my routine to go and do yoga at a place called Universal Practice and then I would walk to a cafe called Napier Quarter which is honestly like it's plucked out of somewhere in France or in Europe and it's just so quaint and there's a little roundabout in the hidden back streets of Fitzroy and I yeah, it was a really nice routine to just kind of sit there and they I think it's actually so rare to go to a cafe that encourages you to sit for so long. You know, there's so many cafes, as soon as you sit, you can see that there's a line of people waiting to get in. And so it kind of affects your, um, you can't really relax when you know that there are people that really want to sit. Mm. Um, so Napier Quarter is like this, uh, probably ruining it now by telling everyone, but um, it's just this quiet, beautiful, tranquil place that encourage you to sit and stay for as long as you like read a book even and I think that's pretty special so um yeah I would say naipi quarter but then I also love a coffee after after dinner which is coffee after dinner yeah, yeah. so that's something that my family do is when we go out for dinner is we'll kind of stuff ourselves and then have dessert and then because no one really wants to leave we all just want to stay and chat some more and the restaurant don't mind it's already late so we'll just order coffees and so I really, I think that's really special. I think that's quite an Italian thing is to have um, an espresso after dinner. So well, that's it, it,
0: weird. the last time I did that was I went to Francois. You're familiar with Francois? You've been there? Yeah.
1: yeah, Not very, for a not long time, but yes.
0: Very famous restaurant in Melbourne. But um, I love going there and just having a piccolo after dinner. Like usually I would never drink a piccolo but or, or an espresso, <laughs> especially at that time. But, you know, I don't yeah. mind it.
1: Oh, I like it. I think that's yeah, first thing in the morning and the last thing at night, have a coffee. That's, I think that's a nice, nice lifestyle. Well,
0: you're obviously seasoned enough so that you can sort of put yourself to bed with a coffee. I don't think most people can say that's them.
1: Yeah, I don't think they can. I don't know why. I actually don't know that coffee really. It wakes my it wakes me up if I want it to, and it puts me to sleep if I want it to. I feel like I control the coffee, does not control
0: me. Yeah, and you know, there's some really amazing decaf these days. Like there's, you know, we're. That people are getting better and better at processing decaf to make it really, really tasty, and I'm, I'm on this like sort of hunt for the world's best decaf, and I'll keep you updated. Um, if you're sure. in, if you're ever into yeah, that, so yeah, can
1: up the intake for sure. Yeah, I have yeah. two coffees a
0: day. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I just I don't know. I just I'm just pretty fascinated by decaf. I don't think a lot of people people might be surprised to hear me say that, but I don't think people pay it enough respect. But you know, we'll get there, Kate Shanassi, We'll get there
1: no, keep me informed. I, I don't know anything about decaf, to be honest. So definitely let me know when you have any kind of breakthroughs.
0: All right. Well, um, you know, we're, I think we've, we're, we've run out of time here, Kate Shinesi. You've been very generous to come on the podcast today. And I'm going to go have my uh, vegan lasagna for morning tea. I had pancakes for breakfast this morning, which were kindly <laughs> cooked for me. And now I'm going to go have my lasagna because, you know, yep. it's my birthday and I can do what I like. Um, and but, then a birthday butter chicken happy birthday birthday yeah, birthday butter chicken with a cheesy garlic naan um but anyway kate thank you so much for coming on and i really look forward to sort of being invited to be your hand model in the future again and um, <laughs> yeah i'll find you yeah looking forward to seeing you out and about town and you know just hopefully helping people rebuild you know after this and keeping a positive mm-hmm. keeping the vibe high and you know of course. flavor mm-hmm. high even higher <laughs>
1: Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really fun.
0: No worries, Kate. Well, as always, everyone, please stay safe and stay cool.